Goose. Good, <laughs> good evening and welcome to another edition of The Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast, of course. A very exciting edition because we're heading into round one and that's what we've all been looking for all winter or all summer, haven't we, Macca? We have, uh, Fane, and uh, you're breaking up a bit there, mate. Um, yeah, look, it, it is exciting. It's a sort of a... You hope it's going to go the way we think it's going to go. You hope it's going to go the way we want it to go. But we just want it to start. That's the main thing. And then it's going to happen next week. Of course, we get shoveled off to Sunday like we normally do. So we have to wait a little bit longer. But yeah. let's hope <laughs> it is worth the wait. Well, I'm sure it will be, mate. It's been a long off-season, but uh, lots of hopeful signs, lots of encouraging signs, and the uh, the trial matches certainly didn't do anything to uh, sate our uh, our expect- expectations, I guess you'd say. <laughs> um, but uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight, though, mate. Not only have we got the preview... Uh, of round one, we've also got a bit about uh, injuries. We've got a bit about uh, poor old Matty Crouch. Apparently I'm not. I'm just saying that I'm not. I'm not showing up there. I think. What? My audio is struggling. Is it? Maybe we'll just give that another crack. How does that sound? Is that guy any be- that any better? Not beautiful. It's a bit strange. There's no reason why it wouldn't be beautiful. Mm, let me think. It is crackly. All right. How's that? Better? Um, we'll see how it goes. Might just be crackly through Discord. Sometimes the people listening through Discord. Sometimes the um, the upload isn't great. Um, but if people are watching on YouTube and it's all clear on that, then uh, I'll take that. So uh, anyone on YouTube, um, seeds. If you're uh, listening on YouTube and the volume or the audio sounds fine, then we'll just proceed. I think, and we'll just put it down to uh, Discord being a bit rude. Yeah, all reports. Um, that YouTube is fine, so the stream out must be fine. It's just uh, just a Discord stream. So anyone who's listening on Discord who's getting jack of the audio, either flick over to uh, YouTube or go to the Spreaker feed um, at Spreaker. All right, Mac, uh, what are we going to deal with first? I think we're going to deal with... Uh, a little bit of news from the club. Of course, first of all, we've got Matty Crouch's uh, situation to deal with, and that was quite unfortunate. Yeah, it was interesting because um, uh, it was a, a, a sort of a non-incident too. You know, I've seen the video of what happened and just uh, and t- two players colliding, running towards each other, but and one's knee just got the other one just below the knee and um, cracked his uh, tibia, I think it was. Yeah, fibula? yeah, just One a crack. Fibula, I think. Just a, it was just a, knock, a leg knock, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it looked like nothing really. Um, but for Crouch's sake, it's a, it's probably very, very unfortunate because there is a situation where he didn't go. In fact, he went quite well in the preseason matches, and 
I'm not suggesting he would have been in the starting 22, but he would have been hanging around the edges yeah. waiting for somebody to get hurt. Yeah, yeah so he wouldn't have now, been far off. Unfortunately, I don't it's him. I don't reckon he would have been far off, Mac, to be honest with you. I know. Uh, I think he'd done enough to uh, earn a bench spot and give us a bit of variety um, around that midfield area. So uh, it, it's shit luck for Crouchy. It really is. Um, and we wish him a speedy recovery. It's only a hairline crack, I think, so it's not a you know complete break or anything. So uh, hopefully it's only a few weeks. Um, what does the club say on it? Um, the club says... The club says, uh, spend the weekend resting. We'll review him again in 48 hours to assess the injury. Um, so, uh, But thankfully, the injury should not be too disruptive to his season. So it sounds like two or three weeks, I reckon, mate. Yeah, I, feel, I genuinely feel sorry for him because, I, you know, the guy had really worked hard to try and change his game. Yep. And, and, and he played, and he played, as I said, he played well. Um yeah, and he's got another kick in the gut, so you know it's unfortunate. Yep, never mind. Um, so apart from that, the injuries seem pretty clear. Apart from the ones that we already know, um, of course, we've got um, poor old uh, um, what was I going to say? Poor old uh, Seeds, who's out for uh, what looks like the year. Um, we've got uh, Worrell is still carrying a hammy, I think, Mac. Actually, I couldn't even catch what you said then. Worrell. Sounds not good, mate. Yeah, it's only not good through Discord, Mac. Um, so let me just see if I can quickly fix that up. Can't spend too much time on it, unfortunately, but we'll see what we can do. Bear with me, those people listening on YouTube and Spreaker. Well, just fix the old man's, <laughs> fix the old man's voice. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, it's not a professional organisation, unfortunately. Um, okay, so... Change the codec. Into codec and see if that makes a difference. How does that sound, Mac? Ah, that sounds a lot better. Does it? Yeah, I've just changed the setting in Discord. I think it's just Discord that um, is messing around. So uh, hopefully that sounds better for everyone now who's listening on Discord. Um, all right, let's get on with it, Mac. Stop messing around. I was saying, Worrell, um still carrying a hammy, I think. Yeah, he did a hammy, and um, yeah, they, they said he'd be doubtful, which means he won't play. I, I, I think you can put that down as a certainty that he won't play. Yeah. Um, you don't go into your first game and take chances first up like that. You, you, you've got to put out 22 players that are fit and firing. The other question, Mark, I've got is about Miller, who hasn't been around for a couple of weeks for, through personal reasons, and I, I don't know mm. what those personal reasons might be, but um, whether that puts him back in... Uh, a week or so, and he doesn't play this week. Um, I, from my personal point of view, I wouldn't pick him because of the fact that he hasn't been around for the last week or two. Well, he hasn't played, has he? So, I mean, it makes it really difficult to actually pick him, uh, irrespective of his form and and training track 
uh, form prior to that. Um, you know, he's missed a couple of lead-ins. He's obviously got some stuff going on. Um, the club hasn't disclosed anything about that, and that's fair enough. Um, but I think that probably sees him out, Mac, round one. Not necessarily for the whole year, but I don't. I think he. Won't, no, no, no. I'm saying round one. Round one is what I'm saying. Mm. We can't project for the so. whole year. Um. So aside from that, Macca, the other thing that's happening around Clubland at the well, there's a couple of things, but let's deal with the easy one first, shall we? Because the easy one. First is uh, the little situation that got resolved supposedly between um, Port and uh, Collingwood. You cross that one? I'm struggling to understand what you're saying, mate. Well, no one else is, so I can't work out what's going on, Macca. Whether it's at your end or or what, I can't re- I can't work out what's going on. Okay. Okay. Um, to be fine. I think you were talking about, about Port, talking about Port and Collingwood, and the uh, wearing the uh, the pi- the the wharf pylons, which they call that's prison right. bars. Yeah, that's right. And. To me, I mean, it is the greatest piece of shit of all time. And I really, if this team, if that football club would really be uh, concentrated on trying to win a premiership instead of trying to be one up on this bloody uh, uh, prison bar Guernsey, which is a heap of shit anyhow, um, uh, what's the big deal? Well, I've got a bit of a question about that whole thing, Macca, because... Port Adelaide uh, go on about their heritage, 1870 and all that. I just want to put up... Hang on, let me see if I can find... Uh, I just want to put something up here because it really makes a bit of a mockery of, uh, of what Port are talking about. Let me just put this across. Now, Port Adelaide... 1877, and prior to this, they were actually blue and white. Yeah, but that's correct. 1877, they they moved to the pink uh, when they joined the SANFL. So their first SANFL jumper was pink, right? And it wasn't actually yeah. until 1902 that they changed to the wharf pylons, right? I don't care how many times they say it's the prison bars, it's the bloody wharf pylons. But, you know, they've had, look at this, 1924, they went to, this looks like a bloody jockey's thing with the two black stripes. That at some, 1941, they had a Collingwood replica Guernsey. Um, you know, all the way up to, they didn't go back to the uh, wharf pylons until 1953. So I don't know why they're so hung up on the, on the wharf pylons. Because they're playing in the arts club, they just they love to whine <laughs> about everything. So. Well, I mean, I just they seem to pick and choose what what is their heritage. You know, they pick and choose what their heritage is. You know, they first they were separate, they were Port Power, and then they sep- and they were separate from the Magpies, and the Magpies got kicked out of Alberton, and 
you know, all this sort of stuff. And then they're one club and now they're on prison bar Guernseys when they really should be wearing pink. They've never worn a pink Guernsey uh, for a heritage match in their life, but they should. Well, I'd love to see it, but it won't happen. Yeah. Something else that's quite interesting too, when you think about uh, Collingwood and the way in which they've hung on to their heritage for all this time as well, Mac. If you look at Collingwood, there's something really sneaky happened with Collingwood. So all this time they've had three white and two black stripes on their Guernsey, right? Yep. Except that it used to be the other way around. They've actually mirrored it. It's now three white and two black. So their own heritage, gone from three white and two black... Uh, sorry, three black and two white to three white and two black. Look at that. Three black, two white, up until 2000. And then all of a sudden, from 2001, they've gone three white, two black. Yeah, well, who really cares? Nobody. <laughs> I just, look, I think the funniest thing is that, you know, these clubs fart-arsing around about heritage, you know, and it was Essendon as well for ages, fart-arsing around heritage, you know, and we won't wear a Clash Guernsey, we won't wear this and we won't wear anything else. You know, it's bloody bullshit. And yet one of the few clubs that's actually maintained their heritage from start to finish, uh, Macca, is Adelaide. If you have a look at Adelaide's Guernsey, we've been the hoops all the way through. Yeah, we have. No doubt about it. There you go. Anyway... Um, the other more important thing is something that um, we talked about on Twitter um, today, and that was uh, the issue down at Theberton. You cross that, Mac? Yeah, look, I'm really pissed off about it, quite frankly. I mean, the original plan when we went there was to have um, the Theberton Oval at, uh, proper uh, at the same size as Adelaide Oval, and using uh, the King's Reserve uh, on an oval, Adelaide oval, uh, sorry, uh, the MCG uh, size, which made absolute common sense. Yeah. Now, the people, some, now, let, let's get it straight. There are 60,000 residents living in the West Torrens Council. We've got 50 squawking, squeaking, <laughs> uh, scrunging-looking Mongols holding placards and, oh, man. and making all ridiculous comments. I mean, they, they're just pains in the arse, Pete. I mean, there's 50 of mm. them. There's only 50 of them out of 60,000. Mm. And what really gets... And they're talking about the trees, and I do understand you can always uh, make a sensitive argument when you start talking about trees. What the uh, Crows plan was, there was 150 trees or something like that, and but we were going to knock them down and then mm-hmm. we'd plant 300, I think it was 300 saplings, and we said we'd plant in place of it. Yep. Um, now, it, it isn't the same thing, I understand that, but in time, in, um, it would be probably a much better situation. However, the people who never go there, so that, you know, we won't have our shady trees. Well, oh, I nearly swore then. Um, uh, they're not there anyhow. It doesn't matter if there's any shade, they're not there. And so... I thought our club was a bit piss weak in uh, giving in, except that we're probably playing the long game on this. That's the only thing I can think that we are doing is that, okay, let's get this thing over the line and then we can probably maybe sneak a little bit uh, later. But once 
uh, South Road is finished, that will release uh, another hunk of land, and then we will probably get our Adelaide oval-sized oval then. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't bet on it, mate. To be honest with you, what I've got up on the screen at the moment was the original revised plan. So the first, the first cut, um, actually, where number five is that that's the community um, centre. The original cut was that the community centre was going to go all the way across the back end of that oval, and the oval was actually going to be a little bit further west, um, pushing into the uh, the um, treed area. They came up with a revised one that reduced the size of the community hall, which is the one that I've got up on screen. Um, and then, uh, you know, as we've found out uh, during the course of the week, they've actually now revised that again. Um, and let me just see, I can bring that up somewhere. I did have it up. Um, and they've actually, it's now, um, it's now smaller than anything else, Mac. It's, it's, it's not even a full size oval just about. It's not. I accept, I, look, I, that's what I say. I, I'm really angry that we, we gave in on the issue, but, um, I suppose it would have to be something to do with the council itself saying, look, to shut these people up, you'll just have to do something now and then we can rectify it later. That's what I'm thinking. So I've got it up now and you can see now that the uh, the proposed oval from the first design, which is the blue boundary, to the second design, which is the orange boundary, to the current one, which was put forward last week, We've gone from a full-size um, MCG oval to still a full-size MCG oval, but um, I think realigned a little bit to try and squeeze stuff in, to now we've got a oval that is <clears throat> 159.5 by 128.8. Um, and the idea behind that is that they preserve as much of that treed area to the western side of the oval as possible. Now the light blue shading on that map is the is the amount of uh, ground that's being used during the South Road development that will be returned, but I'm not sure whether it gets returned to our lease or whether it gets returned to the council, Macca. My understanding is it gets returned to our lease. Well, at the moment, our lease is that red dotted line. Yeah, but I'm sure there'll be a proviso in the lease that, that that will become part of the lease when when that becomes available. That's the All only right. way we would have given in as easily as that. Well, I don't know, Mac, because that's not that's not free until 2031 at the earliest, assuming that everything works out on time with the South Road development. 2031's another eight years away. Um, and I just don't understand why we've capitulated to such a degree. Yeah, when you consider, as I said, there's 60,000 residents and we've got 50 squawkers, you know, um, make, people have never even bloody been on King's, King's Reserve, you know. Uh, but the fact that we capitulated so quickly tells me that that's a strategy. Mm. And that, it can be the only reason why. Well... I did a little bit more digging today, Mac, and I found a um, the proposal that was in front of the council before the Crows took an interest in um, in Thebe, 
And as far as I could see, um, there was no argument about getting rid of trees when they were looking at their last development plan. Exactly right. Let me just bring it up here if I can. Um, do, 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 do. No. Um, because what that was calling for was a complete re reconfiguration of the um, of the 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 ground to the western side, so that's where the trees are at the moment, um, and have a look. And it actually was taking out quite a number of trees because of the. Um, but because of some of the planned roadways connecting Ashwin Parade to Meyer Avenue, which is the which is the bit in between. So let me just see if I can find the actual plan. There's a plan here somewhere. Uh, master plan. Here we go. I'll just scroll. So. Pardon me for just being a little bit disorganised on this, but I think it's interesting to see what the residents were quite happy with approving before, um, you know, it became a crow's issue. Yeah. Bloody ridiculous. But the, I, I still think that there's something up the sleeve for us to give in as quickly as we did. Yeah. So this this was the this was the situation when Kings was going to be redeveloped by Thebe before we came along. And you can see the two circular areas on the left-hand side of the King's Reserve. One uh, one part here is uh, the playground, and then further down it's a little bit of a kick-to-kick, -kick, right? And blah, 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 we go through their report, and you can see here that um, that's the current configuration with a skate park and a basketball ring and a picnic area and blah, blah, blah. And the proposal was... If I keep scrolling, sorry for boring people, the proposal was this part here was actually going to be a road. So all the trees along here were going to be a road. The picnic area, which is currently under trees, was going to be relocated and a kick-to-kick -kick was going to be happening to the north of that. Now, you can't tell me there weren't trees being knocked down for that, Matt. In, in fact, if you go further down on this report and this is available on their website um, and it talks about impact uh, there's a lot of options here sorry for the scrolling 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 so they go through a lot of options here uh, with regards to what they're going to do and where's my scroll bar you can see that impact on trees in many in many of these options is meet is class as medium so what they were actually going to do was going to have a medium impact on the tree situation there anyway. And I don't understand why residents were happy to accept that when it was all about, uh, you know, nothing to do with the crows. And all of a sudden the crows get involved and we're going to, you know, take down some trees but replant them and it becomes an issue. Well, there would, there would be port, uh, supporters living in that particular area. And so if they can make our life a little bit more uh, difficult, they probably have. They're, you know, the guy that's leading this whole thing is a professional stirrer by nature. He goes into heaps and heaps of protests and on all types of matters. So he's not really 
truly he got involved in footy. Somebody got somebody's organised this bloke, got about forty nine other rebels and dragged in on some snotty nosed kids along with them and, and then made it look like they're stealing our whoops into our trees. <laughs> uh, yeah, so look, I think let's just finish it there. It just look, Well I don't want to finish it there because there's the, a couple there's a couple more things I wanna that I wanna say on this market, so I'm not gonna finish it there. Right. Because I don't think it's going to end there. That's why I don't well, think so. Well, can I talk about it? If you want to. Thank you. So we're spending now $100 million on this development. $100 million. I haven't heard of any reduction in the cost of the um, development due to the reduction in land size. No. It's already blown out from $80 million to $100 million. If we're going to play $100 million, Right then, I don't think there's any room for compromise. Look, and I can tell you now, I've been in our brethren down the port with their pylons and moors and bars and all the rest of it. They would have stood firm. I mean, they 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 rode roughshod over the uh, people. The they were, they were, the people were protesting their heads off down at Port Adelaide, down uh, Alberton Way, when yeah. they uh, with Edamel, but they just went ahead with it. The council just. It said nodded their head, said go for it because you know you're our footy team and everything rolls around revolves around the footy team. Now, why that wasn't we weren't given the same luxury? Or, but, but the other thing we do have a problem is we don't have we've never had a, a, a Crows premier. We don't have a. If you go through all, all the all the heads of chiefs of departments in the state government, they're all bloody uh, all Port Adelaide people. They don't give a shit. But if they, you know. And, and ports, they actually uh, contributed some money to it as well. But this isn't this isn't a state government issue. This is a local council issue, and yeah, but, we've, but the state we've, government could override them if they wanted to. Well, and that they may well still happen. Uh, that may well still happen, but I very much doubt it. Very much doubt it because I would imagine that the state government would be following the uh, supposed, you know. Um, public wishes uh, and therefore public votes uh, very closely. Um, look, we did approach the Crows uh, to see whether they wanted to have a chat about it. They deferred for now, uh, but they have referred people to the survey on the website. So I went and um, did the survey uh, this afternoon. Uh, you don't have to be a resident of uh, the West Torrens Council to have a say. Um, obviously, I've finished mine, so it says thank you. Um, but if you go to um, afc.com.au forward slash facility, all right, and then go to the survey page on uh, that website, um, you can answer a series of questions. And as you can see on the screen there, it also gives you the opportunity to write a longer submission if you feel so inclined. Um, the questions are relatively generic, but it does give you a couple of opportunities to make um free text uh, comments or statements on your survey. So, um, look, I would encourage everyone who barracks for the Crows because what I think we're dealing with here, Macca, is a silent majority getting screwed over by the um, vocal minority. And the difference between the Crows situation and the Port situation is that we're not the incumbent, right? We don't live there at the moment. Port lived at Alberton already. They were just looking to expand, whereas we're looking to move in, and I think that makes it more problematic for us. Um, and I can understand 
why the crows are very sensitive to that. But if you have a look at it from a pure, if you want it best in class, right, and you want a situation where the Thebe Oval is being reconfigured to align with Adelaide Oval and be the same configuration as Adelaide Oval, right, and then you look at the, the purpose of the second oval, which was to um, to replicate the MCG, which is where we play finals. Let me just run through the different sizes, right? So the proposed new size of Thebe number two is just under 160 long by just under 130 wide. If you have a look at the MCG, which will come up and whoops, we'll go back one. What happened to the MCG? There it is. If you look at the MCG, it's 160 by 141. So it's far fatter. And that is the whole thing with playing on the MCG. You've got to be able to cover these um, these wings. You've got to be able to spread further across the ground. So uh, we need another we don't... 11, 11 meters. We need another 11 meters in width, mate. That's exactly right. So then, if you have a look at Perth, um, it's longer, about the same width, but uh, about five or six meters longer. If you have a look at um, the SCG. Uh, it's shorter but fatter again, so it's it's close to the width of uh, the MCG in terms of width um, and a little bit shorter. Uh, if you have a look at Marvel, this seems to be the measurement now. It seems to basically re replicate Marvel now. Okay, so it's more or less 160 by 129, we're 159.5 by 128.8, so basically Marvel Stadium, right, which we play on a couple of times a year. Um, unlikely to play finals on Marvel. Uh, the Gabba, again, is a fatter ground, um, slightly shorter and, and fatter. Um, the Giants ground is, is longer and a similar width. And then, of course, um, Carrara is also wider. Okay, so there's a lot of grounds that we play on that are wider than what is proposed and, and certainly a lot wider than that the issue is that our home ground is quite narrow mac so as a consequence yeah, we need we need that practice on that wider ground and that's what we seem to have sacrificed more i'm more worried about the width than i am about the length when it comes to uh Thebe number two um and then of course you've got to deal with cardinia park mate oh I mean that's shit old. I, th I, I think I've tried. I think I've replicated Cardinia Park shape as closely as I possibly can. <laughs> how they let that ground? How they let that ground stay at one hundred and fifteen meters wide when they redeveloped the whole bloody thing? I will never know. And when you look at it from the aerial view, it's just like they've shaved off one side of the oval and made it straight. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so look, you know. Alphabet Oval that bloody Geelong play on. Mm. I was reading an article that said that the government's guaranteed the cost of it, and it's, there's 150 million overrun, which means if that's right, uh, the not the government uh, is it the government? It's either the government or the AFL are going to pay the 150 million, not bloody Geelong. Well, where's Geelong going to get any more money from? I would say it's the Victorian government. They, are, the Victorian government, are doing a hell of a lot to try and prop up that that neck of the woods because uh, because of the issues with Ford and all that sort of stuff and you know I guess can't uh, can't begrudge them that but uh, I'm, I'm not worried about that I'm more worried about this Mac because to me this is a situation 
uh, when we're going to spend a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollars, Macca, we're going to spend a hundred million dollars, and we can't uh, set it up the way we actually want, then you've got to wonder whether Thebanon is the right location. To be honest, well, because um, there'd be another year and a half then the drain if we if we have to look around elsewhere. Um, look, I think Thebanon will go ahead, and I still think. But in the long run, we'll get what we want. But it won't happen straight away. Yep. <clears throat> well, the only hope we've got is that we can get some of that land in 2031. Um, I just think, look, if I'm going to spend... I'm sure we would not have given in that easily if we weren't going to get that land. Well, yeah, but it's it's seven, it's eight years away, Macca. Jesus, the way they move on everything, eight years is a bloody short time in the way they've been moving on this oval thing. Well, it's not the oval that's holding it up. It's the South Road extension, and that's exactly the point, that eight years is bare minimum. It could very easily be ten. They're tunnelling under there. It could very easily be ten. So we're going to spend $100 million on a downsized lease area, like the square metre of the hectare size is reduced, we still. I haven't heard anything about a reduction in the price that's going to cost us. We're going to spend a hundred million dollars on something that is good. Don't get me wrong. The facilities, the club facilities, and and the primary oval will be great. But hundred million dollars, mate. I can add no more, mate. I can add no more. I tell you what. If I've got a hundred thousand dollars to spend on a bloody car. I'm not borrowing a Commodore station wagon. And when you're about 20, you would have. No, don't, don't downplay it, Macca. This is this like, I, I feel very strongly, this is our club's future. This is our one opportunity to build a state-of-the-art facility. And let's face it, we had the opportunity to build a state-of-the-art facility down at Westlakes until that got scuppered by some people. And all right, Westlakes isn't the best uh, location going around, but we had the lease, we had the space. It was financially um, uh, appealing for us. And we've been forced to relocate because of that, what happened with uh, moving to Adelaide Oval and <clears throat> the consequent development, etc. We're spending $100 million. We're going to put, uh, we're currently debt free. We're going to go back into debt to fund this, right? And to me, unless we're getting exactly what we should be getting and what we need out of this out of this uh, deal, then we shouldn't be taking it on. And I understand what you're saying, and I hear you loud and clearly. But they, at this stage, I don't believe they've got any alternatives. So um, I still think that there they, there is a, a longer term issue here that they've got. A guarantee on; otherwise, they wouldn't be agreeing as readily as they as they have. Now, I know what you're saying; it's years away, but the whole point is they're planning to stay there for a long time. Yeah, but I think it's piss weak. Don't get me wrong; it is piss weak. We're not arguing about that, and and I still think they should have gone to the state government and said, "Look, just declare it a major project," and the whole thing would have just gone straight through. Wouldn't have mattered about what the council said there. Yeah, and that's the problem. It's a it's a lab, labour seat um, that area, as as far as I know. Uh, 
Um, and you wouldn't, the Labor government aren't going to want to piss off the local residents, you know, assuming it is a local residence, um, you know, for the sake of, for the sake of a few votes. Anyway, okay. uh, we'll see how that develops. Um, the club, um, as I said, if you feel strongly about it, go and fill out that survey. Um, make yourselves known uh, wherever you can, um, because it, it just seems to me like the silent majority uh, is being a little bit apathetic about this one and allowing the um, vocal minority to run roughshod over the club's plans. And uh, the amount of money that this club puts into the state filling bloody Adelaide Oval twice a twice a uh, twice a month with fifty thousand people, um, I think you know some allowances need to be made for that. Anyway, let's move on. I won't bore people anymore. Now, mate, the other big thing that's happening at the moment is, of course, we've got to get ready for round one. We do, we do, and we have to pick a side for round one. Yes, that's right. So, of course, the Crows are playing the Giants, the Giants, um, at uh, Giant Stadium uh, on Sunday at twelve forty our time. Okay, and uh, it's uh, hasn't been a happy hunting ground for us, Mac. To be perfectly honest, no, we haven't got a great record there at all. And I, but I'm thinking to myself, this is the time that we can actually bust that hoodoo. Do you, well, I, look, I do too, and I've put the um, uh, the what well what their likely team is going to be, and what my proposed team is going to be, Mac, um, and we'll just see what you you think about it, um, because from where I'm sitting, and hopefully people that are watching on YouTube, that's big enough. Um, it probably will be if you're watching it on a TV. Um, as I said to you last week, I think the biggest problem that we're going to face with GWS is the midfield. But if we can get on top of the midfield, I think they're weak at either end of the ground, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, they have got they have got a good player at each end of the ground. Um, they're, they're the bloke that they play to pull back. He's, he's a star in the making. Uh, he's very, very good. An outstanding year last year. And uh, Himmelberg, they've put back to full forward. And uh, I mean, he can always clunk a mark and kick a goal as well. Um, it's more their fringe players around around the half forwards and the half backs where you've got a chance to to get through. Um, Taylor's thank you. Taylor's the guy I was thinking of at full back. He's a, he's a very very good player, but um, I don't. Their midfield hasn't got the potency that it used to have. I mean, when you take out uh, a Taranto and you take out a, a Hopper, you're taking out some real quality out of the middle, and they've still got a reasonably good uh, midfield, but. I still think it's one that we can actually break even with now, whereas um, we've always had a, dis- a distinct disadvantage in the midfield when we played GWS. What they always had was strength and speed in the midfield, wasn't it, Mac? They'd get the ball and they'd just chain handball out of there and uh, they'd be strong and they'd be fast and they'd spread. And, you know, it was once they broke free, it was extremely difficult for them to, uh, for them to be stopped. I don't see that same explosiveness that they used to have they've got you know um kelly caniglio uh, green is a very good player uh, running through the middle uh, they'll have um you know a couple more going through their ward will probably go through there a little bit uh weir will co- go through there a little bit um they got perryman and kelly. ash 
probably going through there, what Kelly already said. Um, you know, so it doesn't have it doesn't strike the fear of God into you like it would have in years past, in my opinion. They're just getting a little bit older. They've just lost a yard. Caniglio's, you know, a great player, one of my favourite players when he's in Nick, but he's a bit up and down. So I, I think you're right, but I think that's the area where they're the strongest. I do agree that they've got a couple of good players at either end of the ground, but if you look at their defence versus our forward line, let me read you the names. Their tall, their tall defenders are Phil Davis and Sam Taylor, most likely. Um, Haynes is kind of their their uh, their top ton today, I guess you'd say. They got Whitfield yeah, running off half back, so he's he's a good running half back. You got Isaac Cumming and Connor Iden. Um They're coming up against like in terms of the tools, they're going to have a real problem, I think, because you've got Walker, Himmelberg, Fogarty, and McCadam all running through there. Are they going to have enough tall? players to be able to actually um, hold us aerially, do you think? Um, I, I, uh, well, even if they get the ball to the ground, I think that's where we're going to be very dangerous as well. Uh, I think that, you know, the forward line that we've got is a probably what you would call an ideal forward line because of the fact that it's got a, a mix of marking players, leading players, and players that can crumb. And... Um, also fight very hard to hold the ball in the area. So it's a it's a very, very good forward line thing. It's as good as well I won't say it's as good as any in the competition, but it's it's the best we've had for a long, long time. It's a real quality forward line in my opinion and, and that's our strongest part of the ground. There's no doubt about that. And so <clears> if we can break even in the midfield and give the opportunities up forward, then um because they undoubtedly get some opportunities the other way as well. But if we can if we can get a fifty-fifty break even in the middle, then I think we can win the game. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at their defence, um, it, it's probably the weakest part of their game, or weakest part of their team, in my opinion. Um, their forward line isn't too bad. They've got Hogan and Himmelberg, obviously, as their two tools. Um, but I don't think, I mean, Hogan can bob up and get on a bit of a tear sometimes, and Himmelberg's a a, a good uh, marker as well. But coming up against Murray and Butts. Um, you know, we should be able to hold our own in those uh, contests. It really comes down to their small forwards, Mac. Uh, Green in particular, but also Lloyd um, can do a number on us. You know, uh, the wingers, Ash and Perryman, can do a bit of a number on us at times. But we're looking pretty strong there too. You know, we've got Diday and Dawson and Smith as our as our sort of mid-size defenders and probably, I think, Parnell. Um, I reckon Max Michelani probably gets a run, but starts on the bench. What do you think? Um, I, th- I think he plays actually. I think he starts, um, in my opinion. I think in the you know in the side that I've sort of drummed up, and um, uh, I sort of had Parnell uh, sitting on the bench, um, and there'd be perhaps possibly some interchange. If necessary, to, between McAloney and uh, Parnell, but um, I had both in the in the twenty-two. Yeah, um, well, I've got both in the twenty. I think it's twenty-three now, isn't it? We've got five on the bloody bench now. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah plus one, <laughs> yeah, and that's and that, that's that's called a substitute. And yeah, um, 
he isn't one that can freely come in and out the game. He can come in once. That's and, right. And um, it's very interesting who you would actually choose for that. So um, it's what type of player. You'd want somebody that's got legs, I would think, somebody that's got speed and legs. Um, well, I think it's out of Hamill and Peddler. I think it's out of Hamill and Peddler, to be honest with you, Mac. Well, I had Hamill down as my, as my uh, sub. Yeah. Yeah, it's so out I, of those two. So I, 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 I knocked up. I had uh, Rankin, Fogarty, McAdam, uh, Peddler, Walker, Rochelle, Sloan, Laird, Hinge, uh, Smith, uh, Duday, Dawson, and Michelani, Butts, Murray, and uh, O'Brien, Berry, and Saligo starting off, and and the reserves uh, with Keys, Hemmelberg, Schoenberg, and Parnell. And with a sub of Hamill, and I didn't consider Miller. I think you'll find that's no, I didn't consider Miller either. Um, you got Himmelberg starting on the bench. I think they'll start him on the ground because I think they'll want to stretch the Giants, particularly early when it when the oh, heat is know. on. When the heat is on and the ball's coming into the air, into the forward line in the air, maybe a bit haphazardly. I think they'll want as much marking power up there as they possibly can. Yeah, look, I agree with you. That, that's, I nearly nearly went that way when I wrote it down because it's potentially another way to go. And and through the throughout the game, I'm sure we're going to mix and match that situation where mm. sometimes we've got a we've got an extra tall up there, and sometimes we've got an extra small up there. So just just to offset them so they can can't get totally balanced up, uh, in the in the yeah. defence. Yeah. So, um, look, it wouldn't surprise me if it started that way, and it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't start that way a bit. But uh, I can guarantee that both those uh, styles of play will be used up there. I've also gone a bit controversial in the midfield. I reckon they might uh, give Ben Keys a run with roll early on Coniglio. Not controversial. I tossed up for ages about that too. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he did start off in the midfield. I'd, I'd put Saligo in there, but Saligo might uh, come in there not for the very, very first bounce, but he might be the first change. Yeah. I, I reckon just early they might try and sit on either Coniglio or Kelly, um, and Coniglio's the one I thought. Um, just whether they stick with that for the whole game, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they tried to... Uh, Call one of their midfielders down uh, and just close up the midfield for the first little while, Macca. Um, because we do have some good players sitting on the bench, you know, Saligo and, and Harry, obviously, on the bench, who are probably, uh, you know, um, well in that rotation. But I wouldn't mind, I, I wouldn't mind actually seeing a bit of a rotation where Keys, uh, Rankin, Saligo, and Schomburg, and even Joshua Shelley just do that four, five-way, you know, mix and match through the forward line and through the midfield because that's an area where I think we've got far more flexibility and can throw far more looks at GWS than they can at us. I don't think they've got yeah, the same not... versatility that we do. Yeah, I'm in the same camp as you there. That does give us a lot of versatility. That does also uh, mean that, for example, they've got a few tools on their, in their back line, so we put some uh, smalls down there as well. Um, and that makes it difficult for them to defend all those smalls. 
or if they if they're getting on top, then you put an extra tool down there. So we've got and we've got and those uh, as you say the rotation of those players that also in the forward line through the middle as well just gives it um, a lot more options. You know, One it was thing I will say, but my, Go on. yeah, I, I have, the only fear I have is this: is that I, they, there's no doubt that under their previous coach, he had lost the players, and yeah. they were underperforming massively under him, massively. I mean, when you had a look at the talent uh, that they've had, and they've, they've lost three very good players in uh, uh, Hopper. Um, is, is oh, Taranto and uh, Tanner Brun. They're, yep. they're, they're three good players. I've lost those, and yet they've still got a, a, not a bad-looking side on paper. And um, it just shows you how much the co- that coach had lost this group. But um, they played very, very well against the Gold Coast. They tore them apart in, in their pre-season game. So that's my only concern, is the fact that um, they will be a much more dangerous side than I would have thought if we were playing them last year. Bit of a West Coast bounce. You know, West Coast tend to, when they play badly, they play terrible, and then they seem to be able to bounce back quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know how good quickly they're going to bounce back this year. No, 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 but you know what I mean. In seasons past, you know, West Coast have been able to uh, bounce back from a poor year quite quickly, and it could be that way. Look, they aren't getting any younger. Their, their main drivers aren't getting any younger, Macca. Um, and like I said, I, I feel like they've lost the, that explosiveness that they had through the middle, and it was almost at times like they were playing about 15 midfielders and, and a few tools, um, and it mm. was very difficult mm. to contain them. I don't see that same level of strength. Obviously, they have got um, you know a new voice with Kingsley there now, and I, you know we've spoken about Cameron before and, and questioned his coaching credentials. Um, we've also questioned the uh, the passion of of the giant side when the going gets tough. Um, and one of the hallmarks of the Adelaide Crows, certainly in early doors this season, is uh, that tenacity at the contest and, and, you know, at least for the last 12 months, uh, our unwillingness to give the contest away despite being down. Yeah, I totally agree with that too. And the one thing I do like about the fact that both our pre-season games um, were played away from Adelaide Oval, were played interstate, mm. was the fact that we showed that passion when we were playing uh, as the away team. You know, it's a lot more easy to be passionate when you're playing in front of your local crowd, but when you're playing against a team where nobody's barracking for you whatsoever and, uh, and you, can, you can perform like that, I think yeah. that that's a very very good sign, and I would be expecting them to put, uh, give the same amount of endeavour and intensity against uh, the Giants. And if they do bring that, I think they will win the game. Yeah, um, something else that might count against us, Mac. We haven't actually played up there since 2015. The last time we played away against uh, GWS was actually at Monica, and that was in 2018. The subsequent four matches that we've played against them have all been at Adelaide Oval and we've won one of those, um, and the Giants have won three. But we actually have not played up at whatever it's called now, Giants Stadium, it used to be Spotless Stadium. We haven't played up there for bloody ages, 2015. The I last didn't realise it's that long. Yeah, unbelievable. And the last time we went up there was 2014. So, you know, it, that's a long time. It's a long time. So... 
there could be a little bit of ground awareness uh, lacking, uh, particularly as we saw earlier, you know, the configuration of the ground at, up there compared to uh, Adelaide Oval. So that that's a negative in my opinion. Um, uh, the positive is, of course, that uh, um, we'll get to see how Harry Himmelberg might look because uh, he's he's uh, definitely down at the Crows next year. <laughs> well, I hope he is at the Crows next year uh, because he's yes, a, so just the type of player we, we, we need. Anyway, the other thing that I was going to... Yeah, the other thing I was going to say when I was looking at how this side uh, shapes up is probably a little bit of a concern is that it seems to be a fairly solid... 23 Macca there's not a lot pushing up um you know uh, when I was thinking about all right who misses out the only one that really I thought might have been a little bit stiff was Riley Thilthorpe yeah look yeah I, I went through the whole list and um unfortunately I have to agree with you um I mean when you look at some of the players that, that have missed out and we're looking at Jones, and we're looking at McHenry, Tyler Brown, and McPherson's injured, of course. Yeah. Um, and, that, you know, they're guys that might have popped in if we had injuries, but uh, it's a little bit desperado in the sense that there's there's not... And that's that's why Crouch, I think, would have been a possibility to play games this year. Mm. Um, and because there, there isn't that much challenging... It, it's going to be a big year for a few players, though, because um, uh, players like Zach Taylor, Cook, and Nan Curvis, for example, those three players, this has got to be their year where they progress to the point where sometime during the, you know, maybe in the second half of the year, they're knocking on the door and saying, hey, pick me, because I'm playing damn well good foot, good footy here in the SAFL. So they are the three players in, in particular that I'm thinking that they've got to... Uh, grow in stature to try and force their way into the team. Because as you say at the moment, they're not ready to be in the team. No, those three, definitely not. Uh, Zach Taylor probably looks the most promising of those three. Um, You know, you've got Chase Jones that can come into a defensive role or, 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 you know, in a pinch maybe on a wing. Um, You've got Lockie Gallant, who's looked okay up forward, but... You just wonder about Lockie Gallant might be looking at that forward line and thinking, shit, I might be better off somewhere else. Um, so I worry a bit oh, about... Gallant, I'll be, yeah, I'll be thinking that. Yeah. we got Josh Royal to come back from injury, um, you know, who is a good foil in defence. Um, yeah. There's not a lot else. You know, you've got the emergency break glass of Lockie Murphy and Ned McHenry and how good is it not to be... Um, you know, relying on those two fellas um, at the start of the year, you wouldn't have thought. Um, and you've got Thilthorpe who comes in at some point, whether that be for Elliot Himmelberg or Riley O'Brien, depending on what happens. But we are, we do still have a little bit of a gap, don't we, just to the next lot. Tyler Brown was probably the only other one that I thought might have been a handy one for a sub-macker because he's quite versatile. Um, yep. But just on form, I had I had uh, Pedler and, and Hamill in front of him. Yeah, look, there is another player in, in, in there who I expect to play a game later in the year, and that's Keane. As you know, once yes. he's got a few games yes. under his belt, 
I can see him forcing his way into the side. He's played AFL and he's a he's a very tough character. He's big, he's strong, he's quite quick, he's a good good kick. So you know, he, he's somebody I can see forcing his way into the team in the long run. Yeah. Um um Blade is asking in the chat about Miller. Uh, Miller hasn't played for a, uh, didn't play the last um uh, trial game Blade because of personal reasons and not sure how much he's how much time he's spent on the track so we're assuming that he's not going to be coming up for um, round one. Yeah, so look, I guess we've got maybe half a dozen players, Macca, that uh, with injuries uh, would be okay to come back in. Um, you know, but it, there is a little bit of a depth gap there. If we, if we suddenly got two or three soft tissues in the, in the midfield rotations, we'd start to look a little bit thin, wouldn't we? Well, exactly right. Um, I think what's very disappointing is what's happened with Phil Thorpe in the sense that here's a guy that, you know, kicked five goals in his very first game and he had all the confidence in the world and somewhere along the along the line he's lost a little bit of confidence. And um, I would hope that, you know, as the season develops, we can get to the point where he can actually be our ruckman and uh, changing with Himmel, Himmelberg at full forward. Why is it Someone sad? Like, something like that. Well, I've... Why Sorry? is it sad? How long has he been in our system? Phil Thorpe? Yeah. He's been uh, two... Is it, he's, he's had two full seasons. So after two seasons, we were wondering what the hell we were going to do with Darcy Fogarty. You know, there's um, Logan, Logan McDonald isn't playing round one for the Swans, most likely. I think you know, I, there's a long term plan for for blokes like Riley Tillthorpe, and yes, he's a bit of a conf- confidence player, but he's not going to burst onto the scene like a like a midfielder maker. We we need to learn and understand that these big fellas they just take a little bit longer, and I. As I said to you last week, my opinion is that they want him to carry a bit of a load in the SANFL, um, and ultimately I think he's their number one ruck option, um, and he's not built to be able to do that right now. We've got Riley O'Brien who can do that you know, to some degree, um, and it shows me with the inclusion of Himmelberg and them backing him in during the pre-season that they want Himmelberg to be that um, second ruck option playing forward and I think as I said to you last week I think it's going to be Thilthorpe replacing Riley O'Brien more than Thilthorpe replacing Elliot Himmelberg unless Himmelberg really stinks it up Yeah well no, um, I, I, think you, I think you are right and I probably am being impatient about it um, it was just that you just know the guy's got he's loaded with talent he is loaded with talent, and it's just a question of him believing enough that he's got that much talent uh, to actually perform to it. How, how long did it take Darcy Moore to break out at Collingwood? Look, look no, I understand what you're saying. I, I just thought that you are right, and, and uh, <laughs> there is a natural progression in time. It's just that I... Or, 
just thought he was exceptional that I thought he was going to be better than the average player in terms of the time he was going to take. But what did you base that on? There was nothing that really suggested that was going to be the that he was going to be a freak. Oh, I thought his first game showed showed that. Oh, but he was just sharking the ball. Like you've got to think. I mean, yes, he kicked five goals, but what? When you think about his career, what are his primary KPIs? Marking the ball overhead, getting up and down the ground, winning the ball in ruck. Like he was basically in the right place at the right time for most of those goals, Maka. Well, that must show he's got very good judgment, then, Fiend, doesn't it? Not really. You don't get you don't get there by luck, mate. Of course yeah, you do. You're sitting there and... all day, but, yeah. but but you are right in the long run. You, I would expect that him that uh, to improve this year and then really explode next year. So let's hope so. Yeah, I think so. But I, I don't mind the tack that the club are taking, and um, you know, uh, hopefully they're they're communicating well with him, and they've got a program for him, and his expectations are clear. Um, and their expectations are clear and everyone's on the same page. You know, I, I would hate to think that, you know, he's getting hung out to dry and just being told, you know, play your best and see what happens. So I hope there is a clear strategy that has been communicated with him. Um, and I'm pretty sure there will have been because uh, when the assistant panel that we've got now seems to be far more communicative than yeah, maybe yeah. what they have in the past. Just a little bit off topic, I noticed in the chat that there were a couple of names that were forgotten when we were talking uh, before. Shoal, Lockie Shoal, what a shame. I mean, the guy's got talent to burn, but he hasn't got um, the tenacity that we required at, at AFL level, to put it uh, politely. And then you've got Newchurch, who, again, is another guy with talent. We've got pace and just just doesn't put in enough. It just doesn't put enough in. It's got well, no I mean, second efforts whatsoever. Well, I mean, Shoal, when you look at Shoal, have a look at the side that's likely to line up against the Giants. We've put Hinge on one wing and Sloan on the other. You could quite easily have Dawson up there on the other. Um, they're completely different players to Lockie Shoal, and it's quite evident to me that that's indicative of what Matthew Nix values the most. Um there's, yes. you know, there are there are outside runners in our team, but they are not the type of outside runners that will shirk a contest. You know, if you look through our medium medium tall and smalls in defence, you know, Smith, Dawson, Dude, Parnell, they'll all they'll all go through a player if they need to. Sloan will, Berry will, Keys will, Laird will, Hinge will. So. Behind the forward line, behind the ball, we have got a team that will not shirk it. And I just don't think that Nix has got time for a bloke to be a completely outside player. No, he hasn't. And and unfortunately uh, for Scholl, um, it's just it's not in his makeup. Um, I mean, he's, you've seen him physically uh, pike it at least a couple of times. I mean, totally pike it. Um, and of course, with Nick that would carry a great big cross against his name, and it's sad, really, because he has got talent. If he if he could toughen up, which he won't, um, if he could toughen up, he'd be a very handy player to have. Um, but, now, Matt, uh, while we're New Church, oh, new, New Church, I mean, another player with talent. Yeah, but I don't think you can put New Church and Shoal in the same conversation. New Church, New Church has come from a coming from a long way back. 
a long way back, you know, uh, and speculative at best. Lockie Shoal wasn't speculative, and in his first year he obviously did very well. Yeah. Um, I think it's a change in philosophy um, down at the Crows, uh, brought about by Nick's and, and probably a consensus amongst the rest of the coaching group. Um, but Tariq is another thing entirely. And with the forward line that we've got now um, and the few coming in that could come into that forward line, um, you know, I you know, I wish Tariq all the best, but I, I don't feel ultimately, and he was never viewed as a strong chance to make it because otherwise he would have been drafted. Yeah, and look, I don't think he'll ever play a, an AFL game. That's my opinion, Fee. Well, I don't disagree. Um, you know, I, I think he'll become a very good, pardon me, SNFL player. Um, I just don't, and he shows, like, you know, like all players of his kind, you know, the small forward, he's got all the tricks and all the rest of it, but it, I think you're right. I don't think he has the work ethic. Um, That's and it. That's the word. That's the word. Work ethic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he'll always be quite a flashy player. Um, and I don't think he's got the same ability as someone like, say, Isaac Rankin to elevate himself above being just a, a flashy, you know, player that sort of will snag you three one week and then go missing for the next month, you know. And the other one, Borlase, uh, and, they, you know, these are, these are rookie guys, but uh, Borlase, I, I, he, I can't see him playing a game unless we had tools go down by, the, you know, one after the other because... I do like the way he, his efforts are very good and he's not too bad in a one-on-one contest, but he's pretty slow once the ball hits the ground. That's that's his deficiency. And, uh, yeah, so he's going to be struggling to ever, ever get a game as well. Well, I agree with you on that. I think they've kept, kept Paul Ace on the list because he, is, he has got football IQ and he has got football ability and we're not, you know, spoilt for, for you know, large defenders. But I think he suffers from being a bit of a tweener. Uh, it'd be better if he was, you know, four or five more centimeters. You could probably, you could probably live with his lack of pace. But at his height, he needs to be able to cover the ground a little bit better. Um, and because he's not going to be that key defender, I don't think at AFL level. Yeah, I, I, I think at the end of this year, there's going to be quite a clean out of players. I think mate. it's going to be quite a few that are going to depart. Well, I mean, it's a natural turnover. I, I've been looking at um, uh, the way the squads transition, um, you know, over seven to eight years, and you'd be quite surprised um, at how much, say, um, a, a Hawthorne's um, squad evolved during their uh, during Clarkson's tenure there. You know, how much uh, Mick Malthouse's squad evolved during his tenure at Collingwood. You know, the... It actually, um, the Crows squad has been quite stable for quite a long time until, you know, the fallout of the of 2018, 2019. But, you know, we, we, we would be further along if we did better with our earlier picks, you know, in the, in the Gallucci, Chase Jones sort of drafts. Simple fact is well, we're not. three. But we, we're now seeing that. As a consequence, those players are now just through natural ability now on the outer. Like Ned McHenry, for example, was a staple in our side for two years. 
and I can't see him getting a game this year unless we have a, a run of injuries. Yeah, again, he's he's a he's a peripheral player now. He was a he was actually a uh, one of the hearts of, of the side in terms of uh, he was the co- uh, the coach's pet there for a little while because they, he we had nobody better, and you know he tried very very hard. Although he was just a little bit of a pest, really. Um, well, well, it's not a knock on, on McHenry. It's just it's not a knock on him at all. It's just that we've got more talent now. And it's talent that we maybe could have got a little bit earlier had we made better choices at the draft. Um, but that's basically oh, yeah, exactly. how it is. You know? Um, uh, and you, so he, no, you, don't knock, you, you don't knock him on that effort, but he's not a great lot of school. No. Trace Jones is another. He's, he probably will survive a little bit longer than um, Ned, I think. Um, I could see Ned playing, bobbing up and playing for another side. I think Ned is AFL quality in the right set up in our setup now i think that players have gone past him and the way we we play is um uh not no no longer conducive to what he can bring yeah no i totally agree with that um so we've we've got when we look at our side as we said we've got the we're picking 23 players for the first game and there's probably only um one or two that you would say if they were available, but that would like a Worrell and maybe a Kraut. Um, there aren't too many others you can say that I feel thought possibly you could say you'd think about putting into the side. So and others are only like uh, if you've got injuries, then you're going to have to fall back to them. Like a Murphy, we didn't mention Murphy, for example. Yeah, he was a staple in the side for a while. Mm. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, without harping on about it anymore, uh, I think that's probably our little weakness this year. If we start getting injuries or, or if form drops off, I don't know whether we've got a lot of options outside probably 25 players. So that might hamper us in terms of um, making the eight this year, I think, um, because, um, you know, it only takes one or two and uh, in the wrong positions and all of a sudden we're under the pump. So... We'll see how we go on that one. Um, that said, Macca, it's round one and we can't speculate too much. Um, the stats seem to be against us. Um, what do you think? Well, I, I think you're just talking about this particular game. Well, yeah, we're preview, previewing round one, so of course we are. Okay. <laughs> so I'm picking uh, the Crows to win by 15 points. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm probably a little bit optimistic, but I think our best our best work will probably get it done. Um, as I said before, for the reasons that I think we actually match up quite well with them in the midfield, and we've got far more firepower than they do. Uh, if their midfield gets on top, we're going to struggle, I think. Um, but uh, I don't. Our midfield doesn't seem to be that kind of group. Um, so you know, it. I think. The issue, Macca, will be that when the momentum swings their way, as we know momentum swings during a game of football, we need to be able to keep that off the scoreboard as much as possible. If we let them get a run of goals, then I think it's going to be difficult. But if we can hold them when they've got the, when they've got the momentum, I think we've got more scoring power when we've got momentum. Um. 
Yeah, the thing is that actually there's a quite, if we look at our history against GWS, there's been a couple of games where we look like we're going to beat them and then they, they run over us at the end of the game. But I don't think we are that type of side this year that, that I think, that, you know, it will be in the game and I think they'll be in the game as well, obviously. I think, I think it'll be just a tussle. It'll be a tussle. And, but I think that uh, I like the way we played it over in Perth. I thought it was good. Um, and I, I like particularly again against Rio. Um, I'm not thinking this is going to be a cakewalk or anything like that, but I just think that um, if we play up to that standard, we can win this game. Now, I'd be interested to hear what uh, our studio audience have got to say, Macca, and we've got a couple of people with their hands up, so Gacy's been wait- waiting there for quite some time. Gacy, come in and tell us what you reckon. Hey, boys. What do you think, mate? Hello. Uh, hello. Gotcha. Hello. Can you hear us? Uh, I was just wondering what you guys thought uh, about the uh, key factors that contributed to the Crow's success back in the um, 1997 and 98 wins. Well, that's a long time ago, mate. That's a long time ago. That's a big question. Sorry, boys. Well, the key factor was we kicked more goals than they did. Gatesy? Uh, I think. I think. The key factor going back into 97, 98 is we had a very imaginative coach for a start um, who actually had the team playing with him until he lost them eventually. Um, what, what, about but, this ga- uh, what about this game, Gatesy? Uh, I think Crows by 15 as well. Crows by 15 as well. What do you if think the key factor? If we can defend a bit, we'll be fine. What part Beautiful. do you think we'll get on top, mate? Uh, Fogarty bag and five. Yeah, I reckon you might be spot on there. Yeah, I reckon you might. Reckon you might be spot on with Fog. I reckon he's uh, rearing to go. He's like a thoroughbred. Yeah, rearing to go. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your contribution. He doesn't miss set shots though. Nah, he doesn't. Well, he did last week. He he missed one last week, but we'll forgive him that. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, I'll, I'll, you've picked the same as me, and I hope you're you're a good judge. Yeah, thanks, Maka. Good on you, mate. And the other bloke we got is Baxter. Uh, two new people to the Discord um, uh, server, by the way, Maka. And we've tipped over three hundred on the Discord server, which is fantastic. And for people that are listening to us on YouTube or on Spreaker on demand. Um, and you're not part of our Discord server yet, get around it. Um, links will be in our socials and in our various channels and whatnot. Um, it's a it's a good place to be during footy season. There's lots of banter, there's lots of chat and discussion, uh, a few competitions and all the rest of it. So uh, if you're not already part of our Discord server, get around it. It's a good time. Baxter, what do you reckon? Hey, boys. I was just going to say um, that the uh, you said uh, we played at GWS's stadium in 2015 last. I was just going to recorrect you on that one, that we uh, actually played there in 2021 against the Tigers. Due to the uh, ah, COVID of times. course we did. So yes. we have played there recently. Very good. Well, we did play well in the start, but then uh, then we didn't. Know, obviously, <laughs> lost that game. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was good. also wondering uh, who you guys think would be the breakout player in that game this week. 
uh, yeah, against the GWS. Yeah. When you say breakout, you mean somebody uh, is somebody new or just who you think will be the, the best player? I mean, whatever your thoughts are. <laughs> okay, well, just, just very quickly, I just think that the, our strengths lie in very much the fact that we've got a strong uh, forward line and we have to feed it. I think Leardy's a, will do a very good job, but he, he's in he's in crackling form at the moment. He's, he's, he's I think thirty three possessions or something last week uh, or two fortnight ago, and uh, I just think that uh, if we get good support in the midfield, if we give the supply. Uh, I would think that blokes like Fogarty, um, and I think, I also think Rankin and Rochelle should do very well in this in this particular game because I don't, I don't know, they do have a little stopper, but I don't think he'd be able to run with them. I think they'd better outrun him. But I, I think our, our strength will be the fact that we've got some good forwards, Tex Walker's in good form. Um, so I, I, I think between Fog Walker and the, and the small guys out around the ground. With a defence holding firm, we can win this win this game. That's how I think. Of it. That's my opinion. Yeah, Mac, I reckon there's uh, a couple of there's a couple of blokes that uh, are going to jump out, and I think Jake Saligo is going to be the one. I think Saligo is raring to go, and Played well. um, uh, you know, got really involved against West Coast last week. Did lots of nice yeah. things as as we uh, highlighted. So I'm looking for a big one from him first up, and the other bloke. They're going to be so focused on Walker and Fogarty. I reckon the bloke to bob up and kick a kick a bag is McAdam. I reckon he's the one that's going to kick a bag. Fogarty and Walker will kick a couple each, and we'll get a few off our smalls. But I reckon Shane's the one that's going to get off the chain. It wouldn't be a total surprise, FB, because I thought that he played very, very well against against West Coast. Well, look, he looks in great nick. Looks in great, Nick. He's very fit. He's running up and down the ground. He's, uh, he's uh, you know, doing all the defensive work. Um, I just just have a feeling that he's the one. Who did you think, Baxter? Oh, I'd love to see Rankin dominate in the forward line, kick a bag. Um, and uh, I'd love to see Barry crack in there. I think he's a great player. Actually, we forgot to mention him because he does go in hard and he, he actually is a good type, uh, the type that can stop uh, a, a good, a, a really classy player like Kelly. He could actually uh, bring his game down, which would be a very good thing. Canilio ends his ball the hard way. But so, yeah, yeah, no, Berry could be a very, a very important factor in that, mid, in that midfield, stopping the classy ones from getting the ball out. So, yeah, good point. Who are the dangers? I also Am think. I... Uh, oh, sorry. No, I'm no go on, Bax. I was just going to say uh, they've also got that Tom Green in the midfield, and he's yes. an absolute ball magnet. So yes. it's going to be hard stopping him. That's uh, a good segue because I was just going to ask you who you reckon the dangers is, and for mine, it's Tom Green. He's the one, along obviously with his sort of namesake with an extra E, uh, Toby, um, and also Lloyd seems to bob up. Um, I reckon they're the three that that. Um, if they get off the chain, that could hurt us. Whitfield always plays well against us too. So uh, Jesse White or whatever doesn't play his one good game for the year against us like he did last year. That Who's that? Good. Oh, Hogan. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Hogan, yeah. <laughs> I think Jesse White's yeah. playing Div 3 in WA somewhere now. Um, yeah, 
All right, mate. Thanks very much for your, right, your thoughts, and thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the. I noticed that you joined us on the uh, server as well recently. So uh, good on you, mate. Hope you enjoy it. Good yeah, on you, mate. Good on you, Maxie. Well done, mate. Now, before I bring Mick up, uh, who will just straighten us right up, uh, Macca. Yeah. Um, just, no, just good, Nick. Just a reminder that um, if you're watching us on YouTube and you're not yet subscribed, please hit the subscribe button for us. That would be lovely. Um, and also press the notifications bell so that you get all the content throughout the course of the season. As I mentioned before, join our Discord server. There's lots of stuff going on. At the moment, there's a merch uh, giveaway for March. Um, if you haven't already and you want to be in amongst that, it doesn't cost you anything, uh, go to the competitions channel on our Discord server and just click the participate button and away you go. Um, what else is there, Macca? Uh, I think that might be it. So let's bring uh, let's bring Mick on. Also, give us a review on iTunes if that's uh, where you're listening to. Mick, how are you going? Oh, you're a bit muffled there, mate. Long shift. Can you hear me any better? Yeah, it sounds it's not like you're too in the bogger, mate. Just um, one player you're going through who would be good for us this week. <laughs> I don't think you missed that. Missed that I'm really looking forward to this uh, his season. It's going to be hinge. Yes, agreed. Very much he's, so. Um, he's, he's one that's going to surprise a lot of people, I think, because I really um, enjoyed how he was playing in the uh, pre-season. And I well, think th- his run and carry that he's got is really going to um, surprise a lot of people. I think the door's really yeah, open for leader, Hinge this year, uh, Mick. Well, is that you two spoke over each other? Yeah. I think the door's open for Hinge this year, mate. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, it's, you know, it was, I think the spot was between him and Jones. Didn't get the pun. And I think he took it off of Jones. Yeah, so I didn't get the pun. But I got it <laughs> at the top of my head. <laughs> the door was slightly ajar. <laughs> Um, uh, who do you think of the key contest, mate? Oh, well, I'm actually a bit bit on the on the same side as Fien about um, McAdam in the forward line. Um, I think he's he's going to be a major part. But I think people were a bit down on um, Himmelberg's game last week, and yes, he did kick inaccurately. But he's marking pretty well. And that's been the knock on to him until now that um, he was dropping a lot or he had a bouncing one in his hands. Well, now he's actually marking them. He had a bad week at kicking. Just seemed to be a bit late on everything, Mick. Just seemed to be a bit late to to the contest. Yeah, he he did it after half time. Before half time, I think those two kicks he missed. Sort of yeah. put him off or something, but before before half time he was going all right. The second half he he was behind for sure. Oh, yeah, but if he can right, get man. it right, if he can get it right, he's going to be good for us this year. And when it comes to everyone, I've been listening to which which I really shouldn't because it's depressing. <laughs> I've been listening to all the the Victorian media media, and if you yeah. actually get someone to talk about the crows, which is very hard, they'll talk about Tex Sloan and uh, yeah. Laird. And Laird, the and usual. Yet we've got the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah. but I think that our, our 
young midfield is quick and they're hard. Yes. And it's really going to surprise a lot of sides. I agree. And as for Barry, as for Barry Macker, he's not going to be just there to lock down on someone. I think people find this year he's not just going to be tackling. He's going to be getting a lot of the ball himself. Oh, no, I agree a, with him. I do he's agree. He's a lot quicker. He's a lot quicker than people give him credit for. And he's a hell of a lot better kicker than I thought he was. Yeah, but I think he's, he's as good as two players at some, in some games because he gets a, quite a lot of possessions himself. But, he, but he's also very, very instrumental in stopping the opposition from getting a lot of possessions clear as well. So, yeah. you know, look, he's he's one of the uh, rare players that gives you total value both ways. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. And like, I, I can see us. I, I believe that we that we're going to win this weekend. Not so much that we're better than them in any particular place on the on the ground. It's the physical pressure that they're going to put on him. They can bring the same pressure that they've brought most of the games last year except for that pathetic effort against GWS and Adelaide. If they can bring the, the physical pressure GWS are not like that. No, that. I agree 100% with you on that one Mick. I've been banging on about that for a couple of weeks now. I think that's where we're going to edge a couple of teams. Um, you know, it's certainly there's a couple of sides that have built their brand around that sort of uh, stuff, Richmond, Western Bulldogs come to mind, uh, you know there's no substitute for just being hard at it for 120 minutes and it's amazing how many sides that are perhaps more talented or more experienced will wilt because they just can't keep concentrating and can't keep hacking it for uh, the full game I think we're starting to see from, well, I know it was only the pre-season but I think we started to see in that pre-season hit outs they're starting to see the effect of the second round. Just, oh, Mick, I reckon your uh, your connection's just about giving up there, mate. But I agree with you. I think yeah. uh, we oh. did see it. We did see it in the in the trials. Um, you know, just that next level, just taking another step by the looks of it. You need anyone, Mick Crackley? So I'll let you go tonight, and I'll catch you next week. Good on you, Mick. Good on you. Mick. Take it easy, mate. And uh, we've got uh, Arab on board, mate. And I also see, just as Arab's coming online, Maka, I also see there's someone there by the name of Vardy Magic. And uh, Vardy's uh, avatar has Vardy uh, with his arm raised, but I don't see Vardy Magic's arm raised, which is disappointing. Uh, So pile on the peer pressure, please, uh, while we listen to uh, Arab Child. How are you going, mate? Good, how are you guys going? Good, mate. Howdy, mate. How's things? Yeah, not too bad. There's one player that I'm really excited to see because his role changed last year and I feel like he's going to be pivotal. Is <laughs> you, you dropped out as soon as you mentioned the name. Who was it, mate? You just got a ping when you said the name. <laughs> Can, do you hear me now? He's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's the player? Keys. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He's changed his role, and I feel like he's going to be pivotal for our midfield and our areas where he's going to be shutting down a lot of players with his speed and his tenacity. I want to see what you guys think of that. Well, the only thing against what you're saying is the fact that, uh, and I'm not saying you're wrong, by the way, um, 
for whatever reason, he only had two centre bounce attendances against West Coast. Yeah, but wasn't he tagging someone? I thought he was tagging someone. No, he was playing up forward, Aaron. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Kick four yeah, goals, yeah. mate. Because <clears throat> mm. I Kick thought last goals. year his role changed to being that tagging player, and I was like, oh, this is really good for him. Especially, well, I think it was like the second to last game. He was like amazing at it. You may have joined us late, but when we're... So you could be right this time. You might have missed our selection earlier, Arab, but uh, we were uh, talking about Benning maybe taking on a bit of a shutdown role on one of their mids as well. So I've actually got him starting in the midfield. Um, So you could well be right, mate. Yeah. That's the one thing. That's all I want to say. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Good on you, mate. Well done, mate. Have a good one. And Vardy Magic, come on, mate. No, he's he's uh, he's not doing it. That's fine. Set of canny whackers, mate. Get up with you. No, it's no deal from Vardy, so that's fine. Look, we've hit our 90 minutes, uh, Macker. It's been a good night, lots to talk about, um, and just absolutely pumped for the weekend. Um, so hopefully this time next week we can talk about a one-zip um, record to well, start off the season. Well, next week it's going to be very interesting, and you should all be back here next week whether we win or lose because we're going to have lots to talk about because we're going to have our actual games under our belt. And we're going to be talking about players who we absolutely love for the, on the day and the players that we actually cursed all day, etc. So it'll be very interesting. There could be heaps and heaps to talk about. We yep, did this wrong, the coaches did that wrong, the, they played so-and-so out of position, so on, because we're all experts <laughs> after <laughs> the game. That's why we're here. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, everyone, on Discord. Thanks uh, to those who have joined us on YouTube. Our viewing numbers have really um, been so healthy this year, so we thank everyone for their support, um, and hopefully uh, that continues during the course of the season. Don't forget to spread the word with your friends and share your links on socials and all that sort of gear. Um, in the interim, uh, Maka, take care. Um, don't, you know, over excite yourself while we're uh, waiting for Sunday afternoon you know just take it easy I'll take it I'll, just, I'll cruise along mate cruise just, along. You know, have your warm milk and get to bed early and get yourself sorted don't forget uh, right. oh yeah don't forget to get your tips in if you're in the tipping comp get your fantasy league uh, team sorted we've still got oh we've still got tons of room in the second league so if you want to be part of our Fantasy League, uh, the links are in our Fantasy um, or our Competitions channel in uh, Discord. So go check those out. Um, don't don't forget uh, to put your tips in, as I said. Mac, that's us done, I reckon. Bye. All right. It's Thanks, done. everyone. We'll see you next Sunday for the wrap. In the meantime, have a good week and be yeah, safe. Good night. Good night, good night all.